foolproofing your life. Now, that might seem like I'm overpromising what a sermon series can do, right? Uh, uh, but I'm not promising anything. Uh, we're simply going to be walking through the book of Proverbs for the remainder of the summer, and we're looking at these wise principles for living that have stood the test of time. And I, I don't know that our culture necessarily uh, thinks a whole lot in, the, in, in Proverbs or these little uh, short wise sayings. I know back... Uh, a couple hundred years ago, Ben Franklin was known for his wise sayings, right? And uh, they, they'd, they'd write them in the uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, things like haste makes waste, uh, penny saved is a penny earned, early to bed and early to rise makes a man... Yeah, see, there you go. You got, I guess we do live by Proverbs. So I was thinking, uh, as, as I'm thinking, we don't necessarily go around quoting Proverbs today. We get a good quote and we put it up on the wall or something like that. But, but to, 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 to actually quote these wise, I don't know that we do that too much, so much. And so I was thinking, well, what do we do these days? It's, it's maybe, maybe along those same lines. And, and uh, I, I thought of memes, those things, those of you, some of you know what that is, and some of you are going to get an education this morning. Uh, the, these uh, the, the memes use pictures and little phrases to convey a truth, or well, that might be stretching a little bit uh, to, to convey something that the person who posted it thinks is is true. I, I've got a few examples. Go ahead with the uh, the first one up there. So this is me coming home from school, seeing my dog for the twelve hundred sixty eighth time. This is my dog coming home, seeing me for the tw- me coming home. So it's it's the co- the picture along with the words. Express. Go ahead to the next one. Surgeons operating with a mask for tw- on, uh, for twenty hours. Karen's shopping with. Sorry, Karen, but, but uh, anyway, for twenty minutes. So anyway, that's and this picture. I, I don't know. If you find that picture, you can get about eighteen thousand different uh, sayings with with this bottom picture. Go ahead, next one. Love is all you need. False. You need water and rations. So uh, I don't know whether, uh, anyway, go ahead. Next one. Car alarm five blocks away, me at 4 a.m. And, and again, this one, I don't know if you've been watching uh, any memes at all online, but this one has about uh, 42 million different sayings that go along with it. Don't look it up. It's, they're not all good. Go ahead. Next one. This is one of my favorites. Do or dare not, there is no try. Boomer, okay. So uh, again, uh, anyway, you, go ahead. Next one. When your phone is at 1%. Or same picture with this. Coffee's ready. Or me leaving work the day before vacation. So again, you, you can use the same picture, multiple different things. We've got these, these things. Yeah, a couple more, I think, might, we might relate to, I think. There we go. Time traveler. What year is it? Me, 2020. Time traveler. Oh, Okay. Uh, go ahead. I don't think that means what you think it means. Uh, I, anyway, I, you have to see the movie. We'll talk about it later. Go ahead. Uh, next one. The face you make during the sermon when someone yells out, that's right, and you know it's for them. <laughs> uh, there might be one or two more. Let's see. Me when I'm hungry for lunch, but the preacher be like, and that's just my introduction. Uh, just so you know, this is just my introduction. I, I, are there any more? I don't no, okay, good. All right, good. Uh, so, I, actually, I'm thinking that probably most of those would be considered foolish by biblical standards, not necessarily wisdom. Uh, I'm thinking that's probably uh, not accurate to describe Proverbs as the memes of the Old Testament. Probably not, not where we need to be going. But, but uh, So, I, I want us to look at what are we talking about here. Well, the book of Proverbs is, uh, is a, a, 
book, 31 chapters long in the Old Testament, and it's a compilation of, for lack of a better term, wise sayings, and they're primarily written by King Solomon. Uh, the word Proverbs actually means parallel or comparison or, or maybe uh, to be like. So it's, it's comparing things. Uh, and so the, these Proverbs are uh, uh, it's listing these concise phrases illustrating truths of life. So this is the truth. I'm going to illustrate it this way. And Solomon has put together these. Uh, it's not just Solomon, but mostly, uh, mostly King Solomon who wrote these in the, that we have in the book of Proverbs. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's putting these truths together in these little uh, rememberable uh, phrases. Um, and, and so uh, the book, uh, so most of them can, are organized. If you flip through Proverbs, if you ever read through Proverbs, they're mostly organized as couplets. So, and we've got the first one up here. Uh, first of all, these couplets can compare two things. Um, and so they, they use the word like or, or uh, as or better than. And so a couple of examples. Uh, Proverbs 25, 13 says, Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who sends him. He refreshes is the spirit of his master. So it's using an illustration, right? Uh, the, the trustworthy messenger is like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time. So uh, th- that's, that's how, and so it's, it's fleshing out that truth by comparing these two things. Or uh, uh, chapter 25, verse 24, better to live on a corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. I'm glad I didn't get any amens there, but we will be uh, diving into that and a whole lot more uh, when we talk about uh, relationships and, and family life and all that because Proverbs addresses a lot of those things. So comparing, uh, uh, but also it can contrast uh, two, two ideas and uses the word but, and, uh, and there's a lot of these in, in Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 13 is just one example. Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but... Whoever respects a command is rewarded. So it's got two different sides and, and it's contrasting. So not only are we comparing sometimes, but, but uh, also Proverbs contrast two ideas or it might complete or expound on an idea uh, using and or so instead of but in the middle of it. So Proverbs twelve fourteen from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things and the work of their hands brings them reward. So it expounds on it or it completes the, 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 the thought. Uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. Uh, so it, it, it completes the thought. We need to do this and it tells why and so there's this completing of the of the phrase, so it's these these couplets, primarily couplets, uh, two different things, and they're they're grouped together, either comparing, contrasting, or completing uh, the, the the thought and the and the truth. So over these uh, weeks, we're going to see elements of all those things: comparing, contrasting, and completing as we uh, as as we look at uh, what Proverbs has to say. Uh, before we uh, jump into this study, I, I think it would be a good idea, too, to also look at the credentials of who wrote it. Now, obviously, God inspired it. It's in, it's in Scripture for a reason. Uh, the, the, the person, as I told you, who, who wrote these things down primarily uh, was uh, King Solomon. So, so I want us to look a little bit about how some of that came to be before we think about, okay, well, anybody can write, I mean, anybody can write a meme, right? We just saw that, uh, and, and that doesn't mean that it's wise. Why should we uh, take these things as... Uh, uh, as 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 truth um Solomon was the son of King David uh he took the throne after King David and um 
And, and when he took the throne, God, uh, he, he had some alone time with God shortly after he took the throne. And, and uh, God actually uh, asked him uh, what, what he wanted. God wanted to bless him and, and, uh, and said, Solomon, what do you want me to give you? And in 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, we see Solomon's answer. He says, now, Lord, my God, you've made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I'm still only a little child. And I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Solomon, Solomon's already starting out on the right track because he knew that there was a whole lot that he didn't know, right? And, and some of us aren't even at that point yet. We think we know it all, and, and I think that the, 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 uh, to be wise, we need to recognize that we need a lot of help in that. And so when God asked him, uh, he asked God for discernment, for wisdom, uh, Solomon is universally recognized as the wisest person who's ever lived. Uh, and actually, in the next chapter, we see a little bit more about God granting this request. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 29, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of, e of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan Ezraite. Wiser than Heman, Calcol, uh, and Darda, the sons of Mahal. And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles, and fish. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So I think maybe Solomon's a guy we should listen to. Uh, if, if you lived back then, uh, you would have known uh, these, these guys, uh, Ethan and uh, Heman and Calcol and Darda. They, they, they would have been known for their uh, wisdom and, and knowledge, and yet uh, this says that Solomon surpassed all of them and all of the, uh, the, the wisdom of, of Egypt and of the East. Uh, he spoke over 3,000 Proverbs. We have about 500 or so uh, here in, uh, in these 31 chapters in Proverbs. Uh, he was also a composer. He wrote over a thousand songs. Solomon is a person whose wisdom has stood the test of time. And we would do well to study and apply these proverbs, these principles to our lives. It's God-inspired wisdom. And so that's, that kind of gives a little bit of a, of a foundation. Uh, if you're getting hungry, that was just my introduction. Got it? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Proverbs 1, uh, uh, verses 1 through 7 gives us uh, uh, kind of the foundation as we, as we start diving through this, uh, this book. Gives a, it, it's been called the preface. Uh, commentators, this is kind of the, the, the preface of the book. It, it, it gives some, uh, some reasons why Solomon would have even written these words to begin with. And so Proverbs 1, 1 through 7 is our primary text for today. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction. 
for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So in those, uh, those first few verses, we, uh, we see Solomon laying out why he wrote these things down. I mean, he could probably just, uh, you know, knock these things off. He's walking along and just kind of throwing these things out. But, but he realized at some point that he needed to write these things down. And maybe these are the top few hundred of, of the, the many Proverbs that he said. But, but he, uh, he, he, he wanted to compile them in some way. We see evidence uh, that, that he used these at, at one point, at least partially, to instruct his, uh, his son, his children, in wisdom. And, and so he wanted to write these things down. And, and, and why did he want to do that? Well, I, uh, there's, I think we see four main reasons why the purpose of this book first is to teach and explain wisdom so verse two he's wanting to lay out lay out wisdom uh, he wants to teach and explain what is wise uh, but but the next one in verse three we, we see that that it goes even further than that he wants to encourage do, us to do wise things not just to teach wisdom and to know all this stuff but also to to let it change our behavior, not just learning it, but, but doing it. And, and so he, he says in verse, tri- verse 3, doing what is right and just and fair, prudent behavior. He also wrote these things down to, to help the young and the foolish to mature. Uh, we see that in, in verse 4, uh, giving prudence to those who are simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. He wants, he wants those who, who haven't yet learned these things to learn, to, to bring maturity to life. And, and then in, in verse 5, we see that he also wrote these things down to encourage lifelong learning. He, he wants, uh, no matter where we are on this journey, whether we're young or, uh, or foolish or we've made some progress in those areas, there's always more progress to make. And so he says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Uh, let the discerning, you're already discerning, but keep getting guidance. There's, there's a lifelong learning to be had. And I, I believe, I, I have as my desire uh, those same reasons why we would pull this book off the shelf and look at it for, uh, for the rest of the summer to learn wisdom, but not just to learn wisdom, but to live wisely, to let that affect our decisions, to let that affect what we do, to, to, uh, to mature, to avoid being foolish uh, or, or naive, and also to, to recognize that we're always in need of learning and growing. We want to be lifelong learners. There, there's a lot here. Uh, some people uh, read a, a chapter a day in the book of Proverbs, get through it in a month and start over again. I've done that at different times uh, in my life. I, I feel like at times, uh, and, and I, I'd encourage you to do that, at times it gets a little bit, because there's so many, uh, sometimes it's, it's better to walk through it a little slower and just take a couple of them and kind of, uh, but, but there's so much here. And, and um, uh, you, you might realize as we walk through this that, that, uh, that, that not everybody lives this way. When we talk about uh, some of these things that we're going to talk about that, that Solomon addresses, you're going to realize that this is not necessarily the wisdom of, of the world or the popular opinion or, or what most people are doing. Uh, but just because the crowd isn't doing it doesn't make it foolish. Actually, that might, uh, that, that might make it foolish if they are. I, I, I read this story uh, this week about an NCAA Division II National Championship cross-country race. Uh, it, it actually happened in California back in the 90s. 
And uh, there, was, there was a bizarre twist of events. Uh, uh, this guy named Mike Del Cavo uh, was, was running uh, this race. There were 128 total racers, and they're running the, uh, the 10K. And there's, you know, they've, they've got this, uh, this uh, route mapped out there in, in, uh, in California where they were, and, and it's the, uh, uh, the, the national championship race, and so it's, it's a big deal. About halfway through the race, though, uh, this guy, Mike, uh, uh, was, was, uh, was uh, somewhere in the middle of the pack, and, uh, and, and as he's going, he realized that the course uh, kind of took a, took a turn this way, but literally almost everybody, well, everybody that was in front of him had gone this way. And he's like, well, the, the race, the court, it's, you know, and he's running, and he's trying, and he's hollering to people and telling them, hey, it's over here. And, uh, and, and they just get, he got four other people to follow him on the, on the correct route. So five of them are actually on the, on the, the correct route. And so he found himself in the lead all of a sudden. He's in the middle of a pack of 128 people. Now he's in the lead. That lasted only about a mile, though, uh, because uh, the, the Mike and these four other guys that were running uh, were then met the pack again because this, where they went off, then it kind of came back around about a mile down the, down the road. All of a sudden, they're back on the same trail again, and, uh, and, and, but <laughs> they, had, they had cut off about a half a mile uh, in, in doing this, this little uh, detour. And so now Mike has, has, uh, is no longer in the lead. And now I assumed as I'm reading through this this week that in this article that these racers, um, uh, all, all of them, so uh, you know, over 120 of them, uh, I assumed, well, they'd all be disqualified and, and Mike and these guys would, would battle it out for first through fifth place and that would be that. But it, it turns out that that's not what happened. Because so many of the runners had gone the wrong way, the judges changed the official course route to accommodate where they had gone. And so when Mike finally crossed the finish line, he was 103rd place, even though he was one of only five who had actually run the right route. And after the race, some of Mike's competitors were even heard to be uh, saying that they thought it was funny that he had gone the right way because uh, it didn't really end up good for him. Life is difficult to navigate, and, and sometimes, uh, man, wrong seems right, and, and right seems wrong, and, and sometimes even the rules change mid-race. But the, the book of Proverbs gives us amazing insight, I believe, on how to live so that we can please our one and only judge, God. And we, when we come across that finish line, uh, he, will, he will think, uh, he, will, he will express his, his pleasure in how we've run the race and lived life. His wisdom, his wisdom is what we need to follow and, and no one and nothing else. And it's far beyond what we can ever grasp. Uh, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If we follow human wisdom, we're going to get human results. But if we follow divine wisdom, we will get divine results. The truths contained book of Proverbs are meant to be lived out. Most scholars agree that Proverbs is probably the most practical book in all of scripture. Uh, we're going we're gonna to look at topics like how to discern the will of God and make good decisions and choices in our lives. We're, we're going to see what's wise in our relationships with our, with our friends and with our family. We're going to see how to, how to live for God and to be wise at work and, and what that should look like. Uh, this book has a lot to say about the words that we use when we speak. 
Could be a little convicting, I don't know. And, uh, and it even addresses how we approach our finances. There's a lot in there about the use of our, of our finances. Uh, these principles can foolproof our lives if we apply them. Chuck Swindoll once, once said about the book of Proverbs, Proverbs accomplishes something no other book does. It simply compiles numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth. While other books articulate profound theological truths, lengthy narratives of triumph and failure, or prophetic preaching to a disobedient people, Proverbs concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. And all of that starts with something that we have to get right first before we get into any of that in the weeks ahead. We won't get any of that right if we blow past Proverbs 1 verse 7. It is the foundation of everything. We read it a minute ago. I want to read it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, chapter 9, verse 10 kind of restates it a little bit or expounds upon it. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The beginning, the foundation, the essence, the core of wisdom is one thing. Solomon says, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge, wisdom, uh, it comes from, is founded on, starts with, the core of it all is the fear of the Lord. It got me thinking a little bit, what are some of the things, I, I think a lot of us base our decisions and our wisdom, so, and so, so to speak, on a whole lot of things, and, and there's a lot of people in the world that are running a different course that would make their decisions based on, or the foundation of those decisions, the beginning of their decisions, are, are something else. They're making certain assumptions, they're, they're basing it on, on certain things. I think one thing that's... Um, that's popular, that, uh, that, that a lot of people base their decisions on. Uh, when push comes to shove, shove, they go back to family wisdom, what they learned growing up, right? If it doesn't match up to, uh, to, to, to what I've been taught growing up, then it must not be right. And so we, we look at, uh, at, at uh, what we've been taught. Uh, a, a lot of times that even happens subconsciously. It's just kind of been ingrained in us. And so we make these decisions based on what, what, uh, what grandma uh, told me or what, what uh, my father said. And, and that's kind of the ultimate, everything passes past that. Another thing kind of along those lines would be teachers or, or classes that we've had. Our school years are very formative. And, and so a lot of what we know and, and when we form our opinions, it's uh, in, in high school and our young adult years. And, and we tend to nail some things down. And then a lot of times we never really revisit those things. And, and those are, are uh, instructive in our lives from then on. We, just, uh, we, we, have, uh, we have decided that this is, these are the wise principles we're going to live by. And uh, we've allowed our uh, uh, teachers, and, uh, and which is... Which is uh, which is fine to an extent, but, but maybe not the beginning or the core of what we need. A lot of folks uh, use, uh, use politics as how they make their decisions, and they might align themselves with a certain political party, and, and, uh, and, and uh, they, they allow that party to, uh, to determine their thinking for them. Or, or uh, and what we hear on, on, uh, uh, on television, maybe if uh, Fox News or CNN or some internet news site is, is directing your thoughts and steps, then that's, that's fine if you're also passing by, if it's not the core or the foundation of how you're making your decisions. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not, uh, not your po- political leanings as the, fear, as the beginning 
of wisdom. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, my, uh, I'm not going to preach politics at all. Uh, my political leanings are what they are, but I'm a Christ follower before I'm anything. And I, and I hope that that's the case for all of us. Uh, it could even come down to, and maybe on this, um, Fourth of July weekend, we could talk a little bit about our national pride. And sometimes we, we, uh, we come down and say, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow my, my nation. And, uh, and, and that's great and that's good and we celebrate that. And I've got my red, and, red white, and blue shirt on today. And, and uh, I enjoyed the fireworks all around my neighborhood. And, and I even had a great burger and a couple of brats last night. And, and uh, we, we talked about around our table the, the, the great country that we live in. But I'm not an American who happens to be Christian. I'm a Christian who happens to be American. And I'm a Christian and a Christ follower first. We can't have national pride as the beginning of wisdom. It's part of what can, what can direct us, but it can't usurp biblical wisdom and principles. I think, I mean, we could list out a, a ton of these things. I think bottom line, a lot of us, uh, the, 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 the beginning of wisdom for us is what, what I want, right? Uh, what feels good, uh, what, what I, I mean, we can justify just about anything if we want it bad enough. Uh, we, can, we can twist things around and, and say, well, I think I, I feel like I should. Uh, you know, we let our emotions drive our decisions. I, I just, I, I want to be happy and I think this is going to make me happy. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to stamp that as wisdom. And it's probably not if you are basing your wisdom on any of the things other than the fear of the Lord, Solomon calls you foolish. And that word fool in Proverbs it doesn't just mean ignorant or naive or dumb. We need to know that, that, that when Solomon uses the word foolish or fool in, uh, in the Hebrew, there's actually a connotation of moral deficiency, not just intellectual deficiency. Uh, that It's not just foolish sinful there's only one thing to build our lives on and Solomon says that's the fear of the Lord and that's where we start in foolproofing our lives so we have to look at what the fear of the Lord is Solomon uh, is simply saying that, that wisdom starts with submitting to God and his authority we sang about it today, uh, submission, surrender, uh, humbling ourselves without acknowledging God's authority over everything we, and submitting to him and obeying him, we will not be wise. We have to start there. Maybe we could say it this way, that wisdom begins when you acknowledge that there is a God and you are not him. The concept of the fear of the Lord is not unique to Solomon, but he certainly sees it as essential. Uh, in scripture, it's all over the place. It's, it's, it's not so much this terrified kind of fear, uh, although there's an element of that. I mean, it is a strong term, but its meaning is, is more about extreme respect and honor. It's healthy respect for, a righteous for the righteous judge, for God himself. Uh, the Bible, especially in the, in the New Testament, reveals the, the character of God that shows that he is love. And, and really, cover to cover, we, we see that. But the Bible also reveals that God is righteous and just. And the disobedient and the rebellious will receive consequences for their sin. So it is wise to be afraid of those consequences. And all of that is included in what it means to, to fear God, to fear the Lord. I, I, maybe maybe it's kind of like people who fear things like like uh, like knives or or uh, fire or certain chemicals. Uh, it's not a panic or a terror, but there is some suggestion of of consequences. So I'm going to be careful, and I'm going 
going to respect the, uh, the, the, the possibility of what could happen. Uh, according to Proverbs, true knowledge or wisdom cannot exist without a reverent fear of God. It's respect and awe and honor, a submission to God and his authority. We have to acknowledge that he is wise and that he knows best. And that is the foundation of real wisdom. It's foolish to start anywhere else. We've got to build everything on that. We can read all these Proverbs and do all these, uh, some of these principles and things, but if we don't come back to God is God and I am not, and I will submit to his leadership for my life, then, then, then we'll, we'll miss it in these other areas. Verse 7 uh, says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, uh, Proverbs 9.10 fleshes that out a bit and says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Uh, and when, when I read about knowledge there, uh, my mind immediately goes to learning stuff, right? Uh, the, maybe school, book, book learning, maybe we could, we could say. Uh, facts and figures and, and uh, knowing things. But that's not the concept of, of that verb to know in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word there is a derivative of the, of the, the verb yada, and that means much more than just learning things. Uh, yada is used over 900 times in the Old Testament, and it, it, it does mean to know, but it's a lot more about relationships, to know someone, not to know something, to know, not to know about someone or something, but to really know it, to experience it uh, personally and intimately. It's a heart knowledge, not just knowing about God, but experiencing him in relationship. Uh, the word yada, just to flesh it out a little bit, to get the, the impact of that. It's the same, uh, the same verb that's used in Genesis 4.1 where the King James Version reads, And Adam knew his wife and she conceived. So there's an intimate knowledge there that we're talking about. This, this is the same, uh, the same verb. So, so uh, from our modern day Western perspective, we might approach the Bible with the desire to, to prove God's existence and, and know things about God. Maybe we develop a theology of, about God's nature and, and we call that the knowledge of God. And those things are fine and great, but, but in, the, in the Hebrew view, the, the, the point that, the, that Solomon is coming from, uh, knowledge of God is all wrapped up in experiencing him in relationship. Personal, close relationship. And that's how we know what is wise. Because we are intimately connected to the divine. We're in relationship with God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One brings understanding. The first step in foolproofing your life is just as simple and just as hard as living in relationship with God. If you don't yet have a relationship with God, your first step toward true wisdom is to start following him. To recognize that he is God and you are not and you want to experience him uh, and the, uh, the direction that he your life or maybe you've had a, a relationship with God but it's uh, you wouldn't describe it necessarily as close uh, or intimate and you're not necessarily obeying everything that he, he wants you to um, I, I continue to have this little card up here and, and many of you most of you have these things questions to live by and the second one on our list that we say if we're on track with God the second one is am I trusting and obeying God in everything that is a pretty big statement right and one that I need to always be reading daily, probably multiple times a day. Am I trusting God and am I obeying him? And that's the fear of the Lord. That's that relationship. That's that submission to his direction. Maybe you uh, would say, yeah, I have a relationship with God. I'm a Christian. I'm following God. Uh, but you're not necessarily obeying him in everything. 
that would be the beginning of wisdom for you. Submitting to his leadership in your life. And then as we uh, as we, uh, get ready to uh, start walking through these principles in the coming weeks, I, I think one thing that we have as, as we set those foundations, that foundation of the fear of the Lord and the, the relationship with him, is that we need to desire wisdom. Because there's a whole lot of folks that, okay, yeah, God's probably got it, but I'm not necessarily going to follow it. We've got to have that, we've got to desire, we've got to chase after it. We have to submit to, to, to God's leadership in our lives. And, and I think a great place to see what that looks like is the first couple of verses of Proverbs chapter 2. And so if you're following along, that's going to be our, uh, our, our conclusion today is Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. As we submit to God's leadership in our lives, we need to seek out wisdom just like Solomon described it to his son. My son, he says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Will you stand with me? In the same ways that we search for treasure, in the same ways that we get things that are valuable in our lives, in the same ways that we, uh, we, we call out for, uh, for, for the things that we love, Solomon says we need to do that with wisdom. We need to desire God's wisdom like that, even more than that in our lives, because God gives wisdom you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Father God, we, we desire your wisdom for our lives. Lord, I pray that if your spirit has, uh, has, has uh, spoken to us today, I pray that you would encourage those who do not yet enjoy a relationship with you to seek that out today. I pray that they can, they can uh, deal with whatever is keeping them from that and that they would be open to seeking after you and following you. Lord, I pray for those who may be here today who are, uh, who are uh, uh, struggling in their relationship with you. It's, it's feeble or it's weak or it's distant. Lord, I pray that there can be, that your spirit would draw them back, that they would seek after your wisdom, your relationship. And Lord, for, for those who, who, uh, who are living on track with you, I pray that this would be a call to keep on going, that we would be lifelong learners, that we would always be seeking after what you want for us and not just what we want for ourselves. Lord, I pray that we can find out even more what it means to fear the Lord, that we can find out what it means to know you and to know you more and more and more. And in that, Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct our steps that we can be wise and not foolish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.